0: morning folks we're back here in in my office because this morning i forgot to turn on the microphone when we introduced the service in bigger but uh, so this is a special um, introduction for you who are watching at home last sunday we celebrated easter and there in church we declared that christ has risen that he has risen indeed this Sunday we don't want to move beyond the Easter and the resurrection story as if it were just another season or just another holiday that we celebrate. No, this morning and in the weeks ahead we want to live into the resurrection. We want to live into what Paul in Romans calls the glorious freedom of the children of God and that's what we want to do with all our lives from this point forward from the the point of the resurrection forward the glorious freedom of the children of god that we live into that's been hard fought yet decisively won by christ on the cross and through the tomb in the more liturgical churches like the lutheran anglican and catholic churches Easter Day is only the start of a season of Easter, a season that lasts until Pentecost. And in the Reformed tradition of which the Church of Scotland is a part and we in bigger and Blackmount churches are a part, we celebrate Easter every Sunday. That is our theology. The resurrection is what gives us our identity as Christians, as the people of Jesus For he is our risen Lord. His rising from the dead has changed everything. And because of his rising, death is dead. And hope is alive for those who trust in him. No matter how dark and difficult our circumstances are. From this morning until Pentecost, here in bigger and Black Mount churches, we're going to stick with the resurrection. We want to look at how we might live into that glorious truth that was brought alive on Easter Sunday. We're going to look at the resurrection in the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. We're going to see it prefigured in the Old Testament. And we're also going to see it reflected on in the early church, in the letters of the early church. That's something that we look forward to in this season. Let's pray together as we come to worship God this morning. Death defeating, darkness chasing, door opening God. May the truth of your resurrection lighten up our lives. May the truth of your resurrection lighten up our minds and our hearts this morning. Come Lord by your spirit, and make Yourself known to us in all Your power, in all Your splendor and in all Your grace. We ask You to use Your servant Jane, who's going to preach with, to us this morning as she leads us in exploring Your Word. We ask You to inspire us all as we hear Your truth and as we hear Your praise. Help us this morning to surrender, to surrender all that we have, all that we are, and all that we love, and also all that worries us, into your loving hands. Help us to surrender so that we might go from this place with the assurance of your presence and the confidence in your loving plans for us and for our world. We pray now the prayer that Jesus taught all those who would trust in him. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And we worship together with our first hymn, the hymn, "Morning Has
1: Broken.
2: The reading this morning is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 20 and verses 19 to 29. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I, have sen- I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus appears to Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thanks be to God.
3: Good morning. Sort of heard a few good mornings there. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've forgotten to do something. I know what it is. It's take this mask off. I've got this mask and I've got got my sanitizer here just in case I need it in the middle of the sermon. I've even brought some cleaning spray. I don't know where to put that. It's going to fall off if I do that, isn't it? Right, and uh, oh, some cleansing wipes just in case, you know, I live in the same house as Mike, but maybe I should uh, wipe it down first. I don't know, what do you think, Ruth? Should I wipe this down? No, yeah, maybe. It's very strange, isn't it? Why do we, why have we got all this stuff at the moment? I remember, it's COVID, isn't it? COVID-19, it's that thing that we've been told all about We can't see it, can we? We can't see it. It's so, so tiny that we can't see it. But we know that Covid's there. We know we have to take these precautions, don't we? We have to wear our masks. We have to wash our hands. I don't know whether you sing Happy Birthday or recite the Lord's Prayer, but we have to wash our hands properly. We have to use sanitizer, And all because of something we can't even see. And yet we believe it, don't we? And the reason we believe it is because we've seen the consequences. We know about people who are sick or have been sick. We know about the people like Rachel who've been working so hard in the hospitals to look after the people who are sick. We know about even some people who've died and that's been so sad. We know about people who've lost their jobs and people who have been at home all the time on their own. We know so much about this disease and we believe it even though it's so tiny we can't see it. And today's story that we've just heard Penny read to us from the Bible is about somebody who didn't believe because he couldn't see. So Thomas, Kate, okay, well actually all the disciples had been told by Mary that she'd met Jesus in the garden and yet they're still hiding upstairs in a room with the doors locked, frightened and afraid. And then Thomas comes along after they've met Jesus and he says, I haven't seen it, no good, haven't seen it, don't believe it. And what does Jesus do? Jesus came to Thomas and he said, look, this is really me. Now you've seen it, you can believe it. But you know what? Blessed are the people who, even though they can't see it, still believe. And he's talking about you and me. We, we haven't seen Jesus, not in the flesh, but we believe him, don't we? And we believe it because of the results of Jesus being alive. Just like we believe in COVID because we see the results, even though we can't see it. But you know, we can see the results that Jesus is alive. We can see God's creation around us. We can see the love of God through Jesus. We can read about Jesus in God's word. And we believe that Jesus is alive. That's what we celebrate at Easter. And as Mike said, all through the year, That Jesus is alive, even though, like Thomas back then, we can't see him in the flesh. So we are blessed because we believe, even though we can't see. And you know, part of that is because God has shown us incredible grace. We know Jesus because of the grace that God has shown to each one of us. So we're going to sing again about that grace and about how God has set us free. And I'm going to suggest that even though you can't sing, you stand up or you're going to get very numb bums by the end of this service. So um, if you're at home, please sing along, and everyone else, please stand up, and we are going to sing Amazing Grace. We're going to listen to Amazing Grace. My chains are gone.
1: I may see
3: seated. Let's pray as we turn to God's word. Let us pray. Lord God, we ask that you would open our eyes, our ears, our hearts and our minds to hear you speak this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. I wonder if you can imagine what it would have been like to be a disciple of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday. Peter and John had been to examine the tomb, but had not really understood its meaning. Mary had met Jesus and comes to tell them that he is alive. She's excited and filled with joy. And yet we are told that that same evening, they're still locked away in the upper room. They're hiding, hiding from the Jews, but maybe in some small way, they're hiding from the master that they denied, just like Adam and Eve after that first record of disobedience in the garden hid from God. Poor old Thomas has been remembered as the doubter for generations, but none of those disciples seem to have really believed without seeing, and they're still afraid. At this stage, they certainly don't seem to be rejoicing that he's alive. They're wallowing in the grief, the disappointment, And probably the exhaustion of the last few days, as well as perhaps their guilt. And then once again, their world is turned upside down as Jesus appears in their midst. What an overwhelming combination of emotions the shock, the thrill, the joy, the wonder. I expect the tears, tears of relief and gratitude, tears of joy. Perhaps tears of guilt or shame. A release of all that pent-up tension and fear and anger and disappointment. They must have had, it must have been like the emotional floodgates opening. How I would love to have seen it. What an honour it was for those simple men and women to be there on that first Easter day. And Jesus understood their emotional turmoil. Peace be with you. Still your wavering hearts. Focus on the reality that I am alive. Know my deep, everlasting, victorious peace in your heads and in your hearts. Calm those angry thoughts of revenge. Don't respond to hate with hate. Jesus came announcing peace. He could have come to reprimand. Where were you? Why did you run? Why did you abandon me when in the past you had declared you would die for me? But instead, Jesus says, peace be with you. I think one of the things he was saying as he declared that peace was, I forgive you. Let's start again. You thought you were no longer my friends, but you are. Peace be with you. And that is what he says to us. Peace be with you despite this terrible year of suffering. Despite all that's been done to you. Despite all that you have maybe done to others. Despite all the injustices that we see around us and across our world. Despite the experiences that you've had in your lives that nobody else can understand. Despite, maybe, turning your back on me. Despite the things you're ashamed of. Despite the fears and the doubts that you hold on to. Peace be with you. Do not be anxious or afraid. Calm that turmoil. I forgive you. Let's start again. And now, to the second peace be with you. Jesus says the same words again he seems to be repeating himself but now they have a new meaning or implication. Jesus says peace be with you and then he does something quite astonishing. He says I send you. This is a group of frightened folk hiding in a locked room who don't even understand what has happened to Jesus. In that state he tells them that he's sending them. There's no sense that they need to pass some kind of test first or prove themselves before they get sent out. They're ready, according to Jesus, now. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. What a massive step he is asking of them. What incredible faith Jesus has in them. How much potential does he see in them? But how unlikely does it all seem and it's then that we get another hint from Genesis Jesus does something really weird he breathes on them how did God bring Adam to life when he created him from clay he breathed on him how did those dry bones in the valley come alive God breathed on them Only the creator God can give life to something that is dead. In a sense, the disciples in that locked room were dead and lifeless. They were dead in their denial of Jesus, their sins, in the way they had let God down and in their fear. And Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, the one who until very recently was dead, breathes life. The holy spirit into these weak vulnerable disciples as paul writes in the letter to the ephesians even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised christ from the dead and then jesus goes on to say if you forgive anyone his sins they are forgiven if you do not forgive them they're not forgiven in receiving this forgiving power of the holy spirit the disciples are then to do the same to forgive others in that power I think what's happening here is Jesus is describing the reality of the situation in the aftermath of his death the disciples can either forgive the sins of those who've attacked him and killed him and who will continue to persecute the followers of Jesus or they can hold on to those things maintaining their anger their fear and be paralysed by it. So he's encouraging them to forgive. But it's also interesting to note that throughout John's gospel, sin refers to the rejection of Jesus and his ministry. Jesus' physical presence and the things he said and did all through his ministry either revealed people's belief or condemned their unbelief. In Jesus' absence, the church steps into that role. The image is not one of a priest assigning penance, but of a broader recognition that the whole church becomes responsible for leading people to accept Christ and away from the sin of unbelief. This is what those first disciples were called to do. That's what he was sending them to do. And it's what we are called, as his church, to do today. By this second declaration of peace, Jesus sends them out to do what he has done, to preach the good news, to heal the sick, to establish his kingdom of justice and righteousness. By declaring peace, as he sends, Jesus is also saying, do not be afraid. You can do this in my strength, the strength of the Holy Spirit that I'm giving you now. However ill-equipped you may feel, you are ready. So as the disciples were commissioned, so are we. As Jesus declares his peace to us today, ask him specifically what he's sending you to do. As we pray, or prayed earlier on, your kingdom come, your will be done, ask him to show you what your role is in establishing his kingdom on earth. And as you go, as you obey, his peace will be with you along with the Holy Spirit who will strengthen and equip you, making you exactly the right person to do what he's called you to do. And finally, to the third time, Jesus says, peace be with you. Amazingly, after all that we've just heard, it's a week later and the disciples are still locked away in an upper room. Despite seeing Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit and being commissioned, they've not yet obeyed him. And then there is Thomas. He missed out the first time and he, like the others, is doubtful, having not yet seen. Thomas, the pragmatist of the group, wants proof. So Jesus speaks directly to Thomas and his first words are, peace be with you. His tone in addressing Thomas has no note of judgment or condemnation, but is rather a tone of understanding and compassion. Not only does he invite Thomas to look at his scars, but he says, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't doubt, but believe. You see, Jesus knows exactly what Thomas needs in order to believe. He doesn't leave him struggling. Jesus is happy to show Thomas his scars. And that's enough for Thomas. John doesn't tell us if Thomas actually does stick his fingers in Jesus' wounds. What we know is that by Jesus' understanding of Thomas's need, Thomas makes the first full profession of faith in the divinity of Christ since his resurrection. My Lord, my God. In the same way, Jesus knows what we need. He knows how easily we doubt and how fragile our faith can sometimes be. He knows how hard it is for us to trust him on a daily basis. And so he says to us, peace be with you, as he gives us tangible things to remember as a reminder of his presence with us and what he did and has done through the crucifixion and the resurrection. He gives us the sacrament of communion, a time to remember. In our hearts, we can touch and taste and receive through the body, the bread and the wine. He also gives us himself through his word. As we study the inspired word of God, we meet Jesus. We get to know him. We draw close to him as the disciples did. And the more we get to know him and love him, The closer we get to him, the more real he becomes and so increases our desire, like Thomas's, to make him our Lord. Lord of every part of our lives. We never need to be afraid to tell Jesus our doubts and our fears or to express our needs in relation to our journey of faith. Expect him to meet your needs. Expect him to meet you as you are, where you are. You don't need to have a degree in theology or have been to Bible college in order to have faith or to be sent. You are ready. And like he did with Thomas, Jesus will answer your questions and lead you forward in your understanding of him. And so to finish, it is as if Jesus speaks directly to us at the end of this encounter. If it was a movie rather than a book, this would be the part where Jesus turns his head from Thomas and faces the camera direct on and says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. That is you and me. Jesus steps out of this story we're reading directly into our lives. His story is our story. Our story is his story. He comes to us in our fearful, dead, failing state and says, Peace be with you. I love you and I forgive you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. I will meet you at your point of need. You are blessed because you believe in me and make me Lord. Do you feel afraid? Jesus says, peace be with you. Do you feel you've let God down? Jesus says, peace be with you. Do you hear God calling you? Jesus says, I am sending you. Do you feel empty or inadequate? Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. Have you been shutting God out of your life? Jesus says, peace be with you. Do you want to know that Jesus is real? Jesus says, touch, taste, and receive me in your hearts. Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God? Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Amen. We're going to echo Thomas's words now as we submit to Jesus our Lord. We're going to stay seated and those of us in church will listen, although those of you at home can sing to the song, He is Lord, where we can all sing in our hearts. Let's listen and sing. As you know we're not allowed to pass the offering bag around in church anymore however we praise God that folk have continued to be generous in their giving over the year whether it's through standing orders or checks or coin boxes it's not only our money that we're called to offer to our Lord he is Lord of our whole lives and so we offer our lives to his service just going to spend a minute in silence in which we can bring our offerings to him in our hearts Let us pray. Lord God, everything we have comes from you. Forgive us when we hold on to things tightly. Help us to hold on to things lightly. Forgive us when we pat ourselves on the back for giving to you out of our excess. Teach us to have generous hearts and a willingness to follow the example of Jesus and give sacrificially. Accept, we pray, our offerings, humble as they are. Use the money, resources, time and gifts that we give to you for the building of your kingdom and your glory. Amen. Father, we come to you now with the needs of our world. We pray for all who are suffering because of war or conflict. We think particularly of those in Myanmar, the Yemen, Syria, Afghanistan and Northern Ireland today. Jesus, bring your peace. We pray for believers who are imprisoned, tortured or killed for their faith. Lord, may they know your living presence, your strength, your comfort, your miraculous power. Jesus, bring your peace. We pray for those suffering from the effects of COVID, for those who are sick, for those who are caring, exhausted and worn down, those making difficult decisions, those who are financially desperate those grieving and those afraid. Jesus bring your peace. We pray for justice in the distribution of vaccinations and we pray for countries like Brazil where Covid is particularly rampant at the moment. Jesus bring your peace. We pray for all we know personally today, who are sick, in hospital, lonely, anxious, caring for loved ones, worn down or afraid. We name them in our hearts. Jesus, bring your peace. We pray for those who are grieving today. We remember the family of Colin Gibson. We pray for the royal family as they and people all over the world grieve following the death of Prince Philip. We ask you to bring your comfort to all who grieve. Jesus, bring your peace. finally we pray for ourselves as you send us out lord help us to hear your voice and do your will equip us equip us with what we need to obey you and lord give us your peace we pray in the name of jesus amen recently a good friend shared with me something he'd read about to do with the Lordship of Christ, that when we make him our Lord and King, it's as if there's an inward coronation in our hearts. We're going to finish our service today with another Daddy-Daughter duet. We had Mike and Ailey doing Amazing Grace earlier, and this time it's Anya and Greg, as they sing the hymn, crown him with many crowns. As you listen to the words or if you're at home as you sing along, imagine that once again you are crowning the risen Lord Jesus as your King, as your Lord in your hearts. We're going to stand in the church and feel free to stand at home and at home you can sing your hearts out. Let's stand and listen to this hymn. as you leave the church, you'll be leaving out of this door as the elders um, invite you to leave. And if you'd like prayer, please just stay seated and someone will come and pray with you once everybody else has left the building. So now let us go out sent by Jesus in his peace, ready to serve him as we serve his world. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Be with us all and those we love, now and forevermore. Amen. Please be seated.